Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Hey, Heather, welcome back to the show. I'm excited to talk to you again. And uh, this time, I sent you a topic, which is something that I don't normally do. But I, I said to you, why don't you help us advise first-year college students? And I said, try to come up with some things that you might tell a first-year college student, or maybe even yourself if, when you first went off to college. But of course, before we do, tell us who you are and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm Heather. I'm a recent college graduate, and I have a bachelor's in journalism, which I'm looking for a job in the field currently. So mm-hmm. hopefully that uh, happens sooner rather than later. But I like to think college did help me figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So that's good. And by the way, that doesn't have to stop there because I'm still figuring it out. I'm in my 50s. So you don't have to feel like you got to get it all figured out in your 20s. I tell you that right now. Okay, so let's just start. What is the first thing you would say to a college, a first time college student? I think the really big thing that actually took me until my junior year to realize is you do not need to buy every single textbook that your professors give you because professors always give at least a a list or a syllabus a few weeks early and they usually tell you like these textbooks are what we'll be looking at or this book and this book are what we'll be using and occasionally the professors help you out and they'll say it's not required or they'll say it is required the thing is even if it says required nine times out of ten you're still not going to use the book (laughs) What what do you mean by not use the book? They don't lecture on it or they don't test on it or what? So my freshman year, I bought all my books, all the required reading, I guess. And the professors did use it. They did lecture on it, but they never assigned us readings in it. When it came to studying for the tests, they always give, gave us a study guide. And this only happened freshman year, though. This didn't happen sophomore, junior, senior year. Okay. Um, but freshman year, they gave us a study guide, and none of the information was in the book. So it was essentially, we bought the book, and I never opened it once. Not from choice, but from, I never had assignments with it. Um, but I still insisted on buying them anyway, just in case. Did you read them even though you didn't have to? Did you read them? No. (laughs) Okay. All right. So that was was, a waste of money. Yeah. It was, um, I also had a thing where I didn't want the used books. I wanted the newer, the newer books, which Mm. if you're going to buy textbooks, always buy the used books. It's not only cheaper, but occasionally the last person who had it will have highlighted the information needed already. Or they'll write little notes in it that are like, hey, this is on a test. You know, they'll help you with it, Hmm. Um, which is really, really cool. But it's really not worth spending the money because you never, when you buy a book, if you choose to sell it or return it, you never get the whole amount that you paid for it back. Right. You, at least I never did. Um, I know my one friend, she went through a third party seller and she did receive her full amounts back, Hmm. but I paid, I think the most I paid for a book was around 200. 
And I went to, it was through the school's co-op because that's where most, most people get their textbooks. Um, I received only $20 back. Oh, So I was out more than $150 when it came to it. Well, let me respond to what you just said. So I, I do test from my books. So I, and I say it on the first day, guys, I know a lot of faculty don't necessarily test from their books, but I do. So I always try to help my students out, like buy my books and I have required an optional. I don't really use much of the optional book. It's more of reference. If it's required, I make, you know, you got to get this book. You won't pass the test without the book. But, um, I remember all three of my kids telling me they wait till the first day. <laughs> they don't buy anything till the first day when they really get a sense of how the faculty teaches. Do they teach from the book? Are they going to test from the book? Are they going to test from their lectures? Or like you said, they're just going to give you a study guide and tell you what to study. Now, I'm actually not a f- fond of getting books with highlights in them when I was in college because I want to just read the material straight through and digest it myself and learn from it. And a lot of kids think they only have to read what's in the highlighted parts. And that's not, you're not even, how can you even understand it if you're just reading like a random sentence here and there? You're not getting what the author thought would be the right way to explain this to you. And, they, and it may artificially focus your attention on something that's not really what you need to study. Uh, the other thing is a lot of students highlight while they read their textbook. And study, guide, study uh, uh, advisors say, don't, don't necessarily do that. You know, take notes off to the side on your own on a separate sheet of paper. But the highlighting activity sometimes with students like, well, I'll learn this later. (laughs) This is something I'm going to learn later. Well, learn it now. (laughs) Learn it while you're reading it and then go back and relearn. It's a lot easier to relearn things than to learn them. So their task they're giving themselves when they open the textbook is, what am I going to highlight? I'm going to highlight this. I'm going to highlight that. They're not saying to themselves, well, what am I going to learn? Let me start learning right now from, it's like a waste of time to give yourself the task. If you're not paying attention, you're not trying to digest the material, you're doing the wrong task. You're doing a different task. This looks like something to highlight. It's in bold. I think I'll highlight it now. It's already in bold. Why are you highlighting it? All right. All right. All right. I went on too long. So this is, <laughs> this is for you to give first year people advice. So right. No, textbooks. I agree though. I am. Um when I was in high school and like you, you get your textbooks in high school, you don't have a choice. Um, I went through a phase where I enjoyed highlighting too much. And before I knew it, I actually had highlighted 98% of one chapter. And I don't recall anything from that chapter other than it was yellow. That's all I recall. (laughs) Your job isn't to paint your textbook yellow. Right. I like painting though. <laughs> Painting's good, but don't, when you're supposed to be learning, you have to be yeah. learning. Learning means you're curious. Learning means your mind wants to know an answer to something. That's how you should approach textbook reading. That's the, that's the only task you should ever be thinking is, what is this? Why, why are they telling me this? This is really curious. What's going on here? What, how, how does this work? Then your mind will absorb the information. Okay. What else? What other advice do you have for first years? Um, another one that I didn't really realize again until not really too late, but until junior year was it's okay to take some fun classes. It's okay to take classes that have absolutely nothing to do with your major. And sometimes that can help you find a different level of study that you want to go after, whether it's a completely different major or a dual major or even a minor. 
Um, or it can just be for fun because you don't really, I feel like if you have a fun class, people think you're not going to really put that much into it then because it's just for fun. But really, it was a, the fun classes I took were a very nice break from my major, which was journalism. Um, I love journalism. I've wanted to be a journalist for years, but at the same time, there's burnout syndrome. And after writing articles, I was on the student newspaper, so I would write articles for that. Plus, I would write articles for classes. Plus, I would write papers for classes. I needed something different. I needed something more fun. And I actually took two acting classes. Nice. (laughs) Which is completely not my personality. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like being on stages. I, I hate doing anything like that. But I took a, um, an introduction to acting, and unfortunately, it was right when COVID hit, so we weren't able to put on anything in front of classes, which I'm a little happy about. <laughs> but, yeah, he got out of that part. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like saying Hail Marys, like, thank you. <laughs> um, but we did have to pick a passage, and we did, it was... We did, I think, maybe the first two months in person, Hmm. and we did learn how to present ourselves in front of people and on a stage, which actually ended up tying into my own major, because as a journalist, you have to be in front of people sometimes, you have to public speak sometimes, Mm -hmm. and that class surprisingly did end up helping (laughs) Well, I agree with you that you should uh, a, uh, balance the style of studying and homework across a semester. Like I'll advise students, if you're going to take a hard science and a math, take a humanities, take an art class, do something different, right? It's much more fun to vary up your homework than to take four chemistry classes, right? And you're just oh, yeah. doing chemistry all the time. So I agree, like vary it up as you go and vary across. If you can vary it up in a semester, vary it up in at least a year. So you're doing that. Taking fun classes, I will mention there are some curriculums that are much tighter. So if you are listening to this and you're not in a nursing program, you're not in a teacher's education program, some programs you just don't get much leeway. They're, yeah. they're, they're so uh, packed that taking a fun class might happen once a year. Whereas other majors, there's a lot more flexibility, um, like the one that you took in journalism. And it's easy to get a minor because they have a lot of room in there to go get a minor. And I agree with you. Go explore other, other interests. It's great to have a minor, by the way. Nobody who looks at a student who graduates and has a major and a minor thinks that's a lazy person. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Like you, you did that extra work voluntarily, right? Yep. Everybody has to have a major. They don't have to have a minor. When a student comes out with just a major, they might laugh, you know, look at the GPA and like, you know, what else did they do? Or were they yeah. super busy? Did they, did they fill up their portfolio? But a major and a minor automatically says you were busy and you volunteered to be busy. You're a hard worker. So I agree that you should explore. And some of these fun classes end up being really, really instrumental in your further education. Like I took a liberal studies course in ancient Greek civilization because I had to. And I loved it. I ended up going to grad school in philosophy. Even though my undergraduate was in physics. Yeah. I took that my, my senior year and I went, I want to do more of this. So I went to grad school. So you never know what's going to spark something that you just love so much that you might make a career change and go do that. Yeah. I took, um, oh, I'm trying to remember when I took, so my first religions class, I took sophomore year. 
um, and it was a different, I was raised in a religious home, in a one religion home, and that was kind of really the only religion I'd ever paid attention to, was what I was raised in, Mm -hmm. and college is about opening your mind to different possibilities, different people, different cultures, so I decided why not, and I took a world religions class, and I learned a lot in that class, and I learned how it was just, it was an amazing class, and that gave me more interest in not only the religion I was raised in, but also um, I'm Native American, and I was offered a Native American religions course, and I took that, and it further cemented my belief in how I was raised with that as a child, Mm -hmm. and my father's side is all Native American, and it really cemented me in getting involved in that culture, And I took, I think, four more (laughs) Native American religion courses. And I actually bought the books for all of those classes. Okay, all right. Well, that's good. (laughs) It it was um, the the same professor taught those four classes. And she was very stern on you need to get the books. And she made, she actually had assignments like read chapters one and two, three and four. And then the paper, you had to write a paper on that book. And you can't really do that without having the book. I mean, you don't really have to read it, but it it does help. I think you should read it. Yeah. I actually, I kept all of those books. I have them on my bookshelf still. And I've reread them, I think, twice now. (laughs) You know, it's ironic because I still have my world religions book from college. Really? Which is really old. (laughs) It's 30 some years, but it's one of my, it was one of my favorite classes. And I had it in high school. When I took it in college, it was even better. Yeah, you know, I, I I think everybody should just take that class. Period. World religions. Yeah. You got to know more about other religions. Then it you know, opens your eyes to a lot of oh, different different does. things. All right, well, let's move along. So, number three, what's your third point? Number three is kind of ties into something you said earlier, where you join and experience all these different things, but also don't spread yourself thin. I like I when I went into college, my first thought was I have to join everything. I have to join everything that sparks my interest. And college is about getting your name out there, making connections, especially in your senior year. And I was of the mindset where I'm going to join this organization and this club and this meeting and all of these things. And I wasn't able to do that until sophomore year when I joined the school newspaper. And I was in two other organizations at that time but they were more so fun organizations. Unfortunately, it got very hectic and very overwhelming. Plus I was working two other jobs Mm -hmm. and I was just tired all the time. I didn't have any time with friends or myself or my mom even. And I would come home. I would have to do homework. I wouldn't get to bed till about four or five in the morning and be back up at eight or nine in the morning. You can't do that in college. You can, but you're going to, you're going to be regretting it come a few weeks later. You're going to be burnt out and tired. Um, Uh, Yeah. Let's, let's just, let me just jump in. You, you really said something really important there. You have to get your sleep, right? Yes. And you have to take care of your mental health. Yep. And that, that you have to be sensitive to when it declines and it could be because you spread yourself too thin, right? You just put too much on your plate. Yep. And that's 
great advice because you maybe not you may not know that coming in because everything was so structured, everybody had to do the same stuff. Uh, maybe you did some extracurricular things and you were home. You didn't have to cook for yourself. You didn't have to do your own laundry. And you get to college, you realize, oh my, there's so much I have to do. And you keep adding it on and adding it on until finally you find I can't do it all and I'm stressed about it. And then you find what I call your breaking point. And that's, that's when you have to stop and say, I'm going to have to say no to a couple of these things. I'm going to have to protect my mental health. I got to have some non-stress days or hours or minutes that I can work into my schedule. That's, that's really good advice. And now, not every student comes to college thinking they want to get involved in everything. So I want to flip that around. Hey, you have to be involved in something. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to be your next point, but you, you can't just come to college and study. Right. And take classes. You've got to get out and do some clubs, organizations. I don't, I don't know what, there's tons of them. Here at the university that I teach at, I just talked to somebody. They've added a hundred clubs in the last two years. Oh, wow. They, I don't know whether it was COVID or what. Maybe it's just more political activism because that's certainly yeah. on the rise. But just lots and lots of more clubs. So there's whatever you want to do, somebody's doing it probably. Or if not, start a club. Yeah. Yeah. There's the anime club. There's all kinds of clubs. Mm -hmm. so whatever you want to do, find people to do it. But get out, get out and do something out of your dorm room or out of your uh, apartment and not just homework and studying. Now, yeah. I... I put them in two camps. There's stuff that's going to further your career. So journalism, you might join the radio station or the TV station, or in your case, the college newspaper and stuff that doesn't relate to your career. It's just, as you said, fun. I would do one of it East one each of those, if not more, but just keep in mind, you might have to pull back. Yes. At some point for your own safety and your own health and your own grade point average too. And never, if, if there's one piece of advice I can also offer in that is don't be afraid to quit anything. It's, I, I'm the type of person that I like to say yes to everybody and I'm working on that. Um, but I hate to tell people no, especially when they ask me to do something or ask me to join something. And I really know the person I really hate saying no. But it's okay to say no, not just in serious things, but also in fun situations. Like if you want to join this club, but you just know you don't have time, maybe, maybe the year after, maybe the next year, mm -hmm. or maybe think of something you really don't enjoy that you're doing and cancel that out and then join yeah. the other thing. Yeah, it's perfectly okay. Uh, I talk in another podcast to a student who I know hates quitting anything. And I said, you got to do it someday. For your own mental health, you got to be able to say, I can't do this. I'm going to stop. Yep. I agree. But keep, keep involved. Okay, let's move along. What's <laughs> another point you have that you want to tell first years? Another point is that college is a learning experience, but it's not just in the classroom. Good. College is really about learning who you are as a person, not just in high school. I know a lot of people in high school that they were a specific type like they were the jock or they were the nerd or they were the popular girl you know it was the cliche types that you get and then college hit and they had no idea who they were and they either didn't really succeed or they weren't they didn't know how they didn't know how to be that person on such a bigger campus because 
as freshmen, you're coming into a world that already has so many people in it. And it can be really hard to find out what, who you truly are. I know it took me a while to find out what I really liked and the people I really liked being with and the people I really didn't want to be around. And it's actually completely different than when I was in high school. The people that I was friends with in high school, I really don't want to be around now that I'm done with college. Um, it's just, it's not, not that anything bad happened. It's just, they have a different personality that I, that differs. It's like oil and vinegar. It differs from my personality, but there are some times that it can complement each other. Um, how did your, how did your personality evolve? I mean, was it through the clubs and organizations that you mentioned or? It was a little bit of that. It was also a little bit of being on such a big campus. The college I went to, it does have a big outdoor campus, if not really a big indoor campus. Um, But the main central point of the college is this nice little grove. And walking through that by myself, my first time, I felt very completely alone in this huge, big world. College is kind of a world within a world. You have the public that is outside of the college, and then you have the public inside the college. Mm -hmm. And it really is like a small adulting step into your own world. Mm -hmm. And in high school, I was very shy. I was very quiet. I didn't really enjoy talking to new people. I didn't enjoy making new friends. I had my group of friends. That's what I'm sticking with. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then college hit and I had two friends that came to college with me and we ended up drifting apart because we had three different majors amongst us. Mm -hmm. I was journalism. They, the one was accounting and the one was nursing and those are very, very different. And they're different college buildings as well. And we never crossed each other when we were going to classes. Mm -hmm. And it just, it made me realize I have to get out there and make friends. I can't have my mom knowing their mom. So now we're friends. That's not going to work. That's not the way it works. No, That's not the way it works. Unfortunately. No, Um, I don't ever remember meeting at somebody because our moms knew each other when I went to college. (laughs) <laughs> I I I I think your advice is dead on. I don't think that people I don't know how you can go into it planning to change your personality. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think you go into it just planning to do new things and then you find out later that you changed. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember going to college thinking, "Well, I want to be this kind of person when I leave." I just ended up being that person, right? Yep. You can be intentional about the activities and you can start to be intentional about maybe some more abstract things like, am I going to be religious and go to church or do something spiritual at least? Am I going to be healthy and be one of those people who goes to the gym or not? You know, you can have those kind of lifestyle decisions, but the, the changes are going to come and it's going to come because of the experiences you have. So go get, go get more experiences. Yes. I mean, that's, that's the key thing. I, in another episode, I talk about um, uh, being uh, p- people are being gay. And a, a woman came out on my show. She'd already come out to me before. She was my daughter uh, as gay. But yeah, I talked about my college experience. Like I went to college not knowing anybody that was gay. This is many, many years ago. And I met really terrific people there. 
and it opened my eyes to being gay or queer or, or LBGTQIA. And there was no way I could hold on to the kind of prejudice that I'd had when I was young. When I met these terrific friends and it just happened to, to find other people attractive than, you know, the stereotypes, the, heter the heteronormative stuff. I just, I just throw this as an example. I didn't go hoping that I would lose my prejudice. It just happened. And that's awesome. It happened. Yeah. Where, um, where right. I grew up, there's a very, there are not a lot of minority groups where I grew up. It's a lot of the, the majority of the, it's Clear a majority. lot of white. It's yeah. a lot of white people. That's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And I will say college was a little bit of a culture shock to me. Yeah. Um, just with having, I mean, I had, there were maybe where I grew up, I did have a friend who was part of the LGBTQIA community, but it took him a long time to come out to his family. He told his friends before his family and his does not have a happy ending with his family. I'll just say that it's, oh. it's his story. Yeah, it's um, okay. But he did end up finding a home elsewhere which is, I'm very happy for him. He's having a fantastic life. That's great. That's great. great. <laughs> yeah. That's a happy ending. But, you know, we're not here to discuss that in detail today. We're here to, to give advice to first years. So uh, the advice is you're going to meet a lot of new kind of people. And that's awesome. Embrace that. Have late night conversations yes. over deep questions with these people. And, you know, that's, I, gosh, I remember doing that. And that was one of the best parts of college looking back on it was these really long, deep conversations with people that I didn't know. I didn't know, hardly knew. Yep. And just learning so much from them. Okay. We're going to run out of time here. I think we're almost there. You got one more thing you want to throw in? I've got one more. And that's a really fun point is that college is about you. It's not about anybody else, but you it's, you can't let somebody else pick your major for you. They don't know your interests. They don't know what you want to do with your life. Even if you tell them that could change and they're making that decision based off of what they want for you. It's all about you. You join the colleges or the, join the clubs that you want, join the organizations that you want. If you want to stay home and study while everyone else is out, out, out at homecoming, do that. If you want to go out for homecoming, Stay safe, but do that. <laughs> like, Go out and have fun or stay home. Join as many organizations as you want, but don't spread yourself thin. And just remember, it is all about you. That's one thing my college told me at orientation was that it's your world at college and everyone else is just living in it. <laughs> and that did help a lot when it came to making decisions was that yeah. this is my decision this is, and I grew up with, um, I love my mother dearly, but she did have more control in the house when I was growing up and it was more so mom's role is mom's role. That's what we do. Yeah. But at college you're an adult and this is your big decision making time to make the decisions you want to make. I had a minor starting college because my mother wanted me to have a minor. So I took it and uh, junior year, I realized I did not want to have this minor. I never wanted to have this minor uh, and I dropped it. And I, it honestly, I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made because it helped me feel less overwhelmed and less worried and less stressful having to worry about a major 
two jobs, an organization I was in, a club I was in, and then a minor on top of that. Right. So that decision she made for me was what she wanted, not what I wanted. And when I finally made that decision, I felt fantastic. There you go. So it's about you and only you and everyone else is just living in it. <laughs> yes, I, I will 100% agree, though, even as a parent with three kids who went through college, boy, I wish I could have influenced some of those decisions. And they would talk some of them out with me and, and some they wouldn't. But oh. and that's fine. And they did and they did fine and they grew up, but you just have to remember also you have to own those decisions. Yep. You, you, you get to make them and you're accountable for them. So like you said, homecoming, you can have a safe homecoming. You have an unsafe homecoming. You made the choice. You know, That's on you. Depending upon what you did, obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs> Circumstances that are out of your control. Those that we're not talking about, you know, and you decide not to get up and go to school. Hey, that's on you, right? Yeah. That's like there's a lot of things you're in charge of. It is that's why we're helping people grow up. It's a lot of things you're in charge of. One of the major um, things that was talked about in my one class was that in high school you don't show up to class. Your teachers are going to tell your parents. In college you don't show up to class. That's on you. Your professors. I'm not going to say professors don't care. They do care. I mean you're a professor. You care. Yeah. Um. But they're also not going to call your mom and say, so-and-so didn't show up to class today. I hope they're okay. They're not going to do that. I'm sure you've never done that. <laughs> I've never done that. And I, don't, I don't even call the students sometimes. Yeah. Like, like you, you don't show up, you lose points, you don't learn. Okay. Yep. I hate to see you spending thousands of dollars to, to skip class, but you know, sometimes it's, it's on you. Yep. Hey, thank you. This has been awesome. This is really good advice. I hope people listen to this podcast. Thanks a lot for your time today, Heather, and hopefully I'll get you back real again soon, okay? I look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. Get exclusive content and support the show by going to patreon.com 